0: It's Marissa Lee here, and I'm so excited to be sharing today's interview round episode with you. In these episodes, our brilliant lineup of guests will include healthcare practitioners, voice educators, and other professionals who will share their stories, knowledge, and experiences within their specialized fields to empower you to live your best life. Whether you're a member of the voice community or beyond, your voice is your unique gift. It's time now to share your gift with others, develop a positive mindset and become the best and most authentic version of yourself to create greater impact. Ultimately, you can take charge. It's time for you to live your best life It's time now for A Voice and Beyond. So, without further ado, let's go to today's episode. This week on A Voice and Beyond, we have the most delightful guest, Sloane, who is the founder of Beyond the Edge Retreat, which is a transformative peak experience for professional women. This is one of the most insightful interviews I have ever had with so many brilliant and life-changing pearls of wisdom being shared by Sloan. She begins by sharing her remarkable story of courage, vulnerability, and radical self-love. Sloan explains her career journey, which started as an extremely successful business attorney working for the fourth largest law firm in the world, and how she transitioned to becoming a renowned guide for women, seeking to break free from the hustle culture. This happened when Sloane realised she was not living a life of deepest pleasure. Now Sloane's life and work are all about tapping into the deepest parts of ourselves to create lasting success and happiness. In this episode, Sloane shares many of her life's philosophies on how we can all cultivate greater pleasure in every aspect of our lives, how we can tap into the life we truly want through science-based manifestation, the importance of living life in alignment the greatest lies we tell ourselves and there is so much more. This episode is not only dedicated to empowering and uplifting women, but for all men who are wishing to step into the greater version of themselves also. This is such a beautiful interview and I trust you will love listening to Sloan just as much as I did. So, without further ado, let's go to today's episode. Welcome to A Voice and Beyond. We have Sloane. How
1: are you? I am fantastic. So happy to be here, Marissa.
0: Likewise, because we've had a couple of conversations before today and you and I We just have so many things that we share in terms of philosophies and and thoughts about life. and, And I'm really excited to be speaking with you. Now, you are the founder of Beyond the Edge Retreat, which is a transformative peak experience for professional women. However, we're not going to talk about that straight up because. You have such an interesting backstory. You left working for the fourth largest law firm in the world to start your own firm. You were generating millions of dollars before selling it to follow your real passion. Okay, I want to know why you studied law in the first place.
1: (laughs) Well, that's an interesting story because I was raised that I could do anything I wanted in this life except become a lawyer. And I never actually intended to practice law. Eventually, I had a professor who was like, you should go to law school, you'll learn a different way to think, which turned out to be very true and very valuable. And I just thought I would go and learn how to do it and then do something else. And through that process, I got into the system and decided I wasn't just gonna become a lawyer, I was actually gonna go all the way and get the best job that I could possibly get, which was how I ended up at what is now the fourth largest firm in the world. Wow. And and that is based in the States? It's based in the States, but it's actually all over the world. Mm -hmm. So the firm now is called Norton Rose Fulbright and they're, they're all over. Okay. Sounds like there was
0: a little bit of defiance there. You were told that you could do anything but that, and that's what you went to do? Were you trying to prove something?
1: Yeah, I it might be. I mean, if we look at the deepest psychology of this situation, that is definitely possible. And it turned out to be one of the greatest gifts of my life because it is truly the path of how I came to where I am now and, and doing this work, actually, in particular that I'm doing now would never have happened in in the quality and context of what I do without me having been a business lawyer. So I was representing companies, entrepreneurs, people building businesses all over the world. So tell us about that journey
0: to where you're at now. What Mm. happened? What point did you decide, I'm not doing this anymore?
1: Mm. I was building my own law firm and I loved being an entrepreneur. It just lit me up. I was so excited. I created this innovative model of offering business legal services based on flat fees. And if you've ever worked with a lawyer, you know that that's probably one of the biggest complaints that people have. It's kind Mm -hmm. of like, I don't really know what they're doing. And then they're billing me by the hour. Mm -hmm. So I was excited about that. And... I launched into my my own firm. So I went from the big firm to my own firm and took this big risk and gave up a huge salary and all these benefits and everybody thought I was crazy. And I'm like, I'm doing it, I'm gonna go for it. And the first six months of working, I only made $12,000. Now, I had gone from a $250,000 plus salary a year and all this prestige and everything. And I was scared. I was embarrassed. I I didn't know what am I doing wrong. I know I'm a good lawyer. I I certainly have a lot of people I can help. And so I hired a mentor to help me learn how to do the business of being a lawyer. Yes. And in that yes, in that process I really revolutionized my understanding of myself of how to build a successful company. And I started offering my entrepreneur clients. I started saying, Hey, I can help you with a lot more than your legal work. I can actually help you in your marketing, your sales, profitability, your team, your mindset, whatever. So for $99 a month, you can have unlimited phone and email access to me. And I started coaching all my clients. So by the time I sold the firm, I had coached hundreds of my clients and I had previously formed a company, which is, you know, ultimately became the company I have now. And I was, I was coaching and really realized this is what I'm here to do. And so I sold my Mm -hmm. law firm to pursue Mm -hmm. this full time.
0: That's incredible. I can imagine your, (laughs) your law clients coming to you and you going, well, tell me what happened to you as a child. (laughs) (laughs) It's like in the corner, there was a couch. So they come in for legal advice. The next thing they're lying on a couch and you're counseling them.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I've had people say that they're like, this felt more like a therapy session. And I'm like, well, I'm not a therapist, but I understand what you're saying. I know.
0: And isn't it weird when you have that particular skill and it's kind of innate as well, And the more you tap into it, the more you attract those people, that that's what they're wanting from you. And I'm finding that with some of my teaching is that, well, my husband was listening to me teach the other night and he expected to hear singing. And he said, that was a coaching session. That was not, there was no singing. And I said, no, but that's what that student wants. They need coaching, and that's different to therapy. They they want guidance. They don't want to learn how to sing, but in them discovering who they are, their voice does start to ooze out of them in the most authentic way, but we're getting off track here. But I love this. And so where did you found that
1: you had this skill, that you had this passion. So what did you do with it? So I created a course. I started coaching lawyers and helping them create successful companies. That was what I first did when I sold this law firm. And in 2014, I took a big leap and I had invested $100,000 with a new mentor to help me in growing my my company and building my business. And this was um, beginning when I was still an attorney. And at that time, I went to one of his conferences and he says, envision the highest version of your life. And at that time, I was like, okay, I know the most important thing. I'm just divorced. I want to have a really close relationship with my four-year-old daughter, Colette. The next thing is I really live like the world is my playground. And I want to be surrounded by a group of friends who do the same thing. And the last thing I thought was, I really want to have a partner who's someone where we can live and we can grow and we can travel together. Now, cut to four years later, I had sold my law firm 2018. And I'm at this private beach resort in Mexico with my new love. We actually met in a bar in Zambia and we live together. Zambia. Zambia. Yes. Yes. Okay. We met over there. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And um, now we live together. Mm -hmm. My daughter loves him. I love him. And I'm there at this resort with a group of friends who we've been traveling the world with. So here I have this life that I purposefully, consciously put together and I'm at this beach resort. Having dinner under a straw-thatched roof in this paradise, when I start having this crazy out-of-body experience, because I consciously created every aspect of this, but I don't feel like I belong here. Really? I'm not actually having fun there at the dinner. I don't have a close relationship that I want with Colette and... When I go home from this experience, I'm scheduled to have a policies and procedures retreat for attorneys that I'm knowing in my heart, this isn't the work that I'm here to do. So the next morning, my boyfriend and I, we get into this huge argument and it's the same argument we've had a million times. And in his frustration in that moment, he looks right at me and he says, Sloan, why don't we just get married? And I'm thinking this is not the life I wanted. So we break up and I decide to bring my life to a screeching halt. I I cancel all my travel. I ask my friends for space. And really for the first time in my life, I'm completely by myself trying to figure out how did I get here and, and who have I become? Who have I been being? I start taking myself on dates to the beach. I start focusing on Colette. And I start asking myself questions like, if you forget about what you think will make you happy, what actually makes you happy? Mm -hmm. Instead of traveling through Europe and going to Burning Man with my ex and all of our friends, I take Colette to Malaysia and we spend lazy days together in the water and going down the slide. And there's this one night, Marissa, where I'm giving her a bath and I have this moment of washing her hair and realizing that it's me washing her hair, not a nanny, not rushing the bath. Like I have somewhere else to be, but like being the mom that I've been wanting to be really her whole life. And when we go home from that, that experience, I take this big leap and I'm like, all right, not doing the policies and procedures retreat for attorneys. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rent a big house and I invite a bunch of women to a retreat that's focused on aligning to their highest potential and no one shows up. So I'm like, okay, I, three months later, I do it again. And this is happening. I rent the estate. I invite women. And this time four women come. Mm-hmm. So cut to today. I host retreats around the world, guiding women in truly stepping into their own highest potential and fulfilling their deepest desires that begins with their experience of true pleasure. And this is what I'm so excited to talk about with you today, Mm -hmm. because this, this true pleasure is really about experiencing it in life, in business, in connection, in every aspect of life, which also happens to create our highest levels of success and impact. And in all of this, and in this process, and this work that I do now in the world, what I've come to discover is that we are meant to be experiencing so much more pleasure in our lives. We're meant to be experiencing it in our work and the passion of creativity. we're meant to be experiencing it in our relationships and that feeling of connection. and we're meant to be experiencing more of it in in every mm. realm of our lives. And I'm not talking about the kind of pleasure that I was seeking in my life. That really was the biggest learning of all. is this is about a pleasure that's created for you by you on the inside. And I hope we can dive into it. Yes, please. Let's just start with the, with the basics for our listeners
0: here. Because there's questions I have around manifestation. Mm. And there is what people believe manifestation is. But then I know that there's science-based evidence about the way that we can manifest truly. And also, let's start with pleasure. When you talk about pleasure, some people's perceptions around that, it could be, is it joy? Is it happiness? How do you define
1: pleasure? I love this topic because I actually think that pleasure is just calling for a remodel, a new definition, especially for us as women. Because I think pleasure has usually been relegated to sex, chocolate, or travel. You know, a time when you can just check out and kind of forget about everything. Yes. Yes. So what is it? Yeah. What do you believe? For me, pleasure is about having a beautiful inner world environment. It's about the way you treat yourself, the way you feel in your body. The Dutch have a word that is closer to any word that I know of in English, it's called haselic. Mm-hmm. And for them, this is a, a really big part of their culture. And I've heard it described a variety of ways, but my favorite is that feeling of being around a cozy fire with people you love while you're sipping on a hot chocolate or something you enjoy. And just that, that warm, loving goodness inside. Like a warm, fuzzy feeling that you can feel in your body that you physically feel in your body. So if you take yourself to a time where you were just like, oh, life is so wonderful. You know, maybe it's seeing that sunset or you read a passage in a book and it's so rich and you feel like you're there or holding a baby or whatever your experience is. Yes. What I'm talking about is cultivating that kind of feeling inside where it's not actually dependent on outside things happening. It just is your state of being. Okay. When you
0: went through all those changes in your life and you took that leap of faith and you first felt that pleasure and you recognized that pleasure for what it was in that moment when you were bathing your daughter, Mm -hmm. you took that leap of faith What would stop the average person from taking that leap of faith? I know fear is the obvious one. Yeah. But how much of it is, too, that there's self-worth, that people believe they don't deserve it, or that you have to work hard in life, that, you know, if you don't work hard, then you're not going to achieve anything that you're not going to arrive at that place of pleasure. So what do you believe is is preventing us
1: from living that life? Well, this is so important. And I love these examples that you're bringing up because a lot of people, and my work is with women, but this applies to everybody. A lot of people are like, that's really great, Sloan. You can talk about pleasure, but I'm just trying to pay my bills and figure out my day and deal with my life. So the leap from the way most people are living into pleasure is actually too big. So the stepping stone is radical self-love and another way to say it is building a powerful relationship with yourself. So you notice in the story I shared, it just so happened through my kind of extreme life circumstances that I had the stepping stone without really thinking about it of I was just me And um, I was building a relationship with myself. And I also wanna say I was being guided by some very powerful, wonderful mentors. So I wasn't doing this completely on my own. I had great support and I was socially, I would say alone. And so if pleasure seems like something way out there and it's sort of untouchable in this moment, just know that that's okay. And I like to start with, Uh, what I call a core belief. I have a framework with five core beliefs. And one of those is pleasure is my North star. So first is, do you accept this idea that when you feel good on the inside, when you're experiencing this version of pleasure that I'm describing, that not only are you better off in your life, everyone around you is better off. And then, and we can talk about science and the studies, and I I definitely want to touch on that too. But if you do accept that, if that's something that you say, like, philosophically, I want to embrace that, step one after that decision Hmm. is what do you need to do to change the quality of the relationship that you have with you? How you treat yourself on the inside. That is everything. Because how could you feel good? With this pleasure and this warm coziness, if you berate yourself, if you're down on yourself, if you're mean to you or any any of those things that most people experience on the inside.
0: Mm. I do believe 100% that everything starts with self first. Mm -hmm. And and one thing that I'm really working hard on is stop being so hard on myself because I can be really hard on myself. I have very high expectations of myself and I mm-hmm. and I drive myself really hard and like at the moment I'm building a new business which I, I was meant to launch in last month and it didn't happen but I wasn't hard on myself that that didn't happen. I was able to let that go. So I feel like I'm on a treadmill at the moment where I have to work, I have to work, I have to work. But the thing that is keeping me going is knowing that it is taking me to a path to where I truly want to be. And I can picture the lifestyle that will come as a result of that. So I'm kind of tapping into the extrinsic at the moment, all those things that I see for my future, but like It's going to free up more time. I'm going to have more time with my grandchildren. I'm going to be able to travel more. I'm going to be able to just be more. But in that moment when you're doing the hard work, how do we not be so hard on ourselves? Or Are we doing the right thing by doing what we're doing or should it just, (laughs) should we not
1: be working so hard? Well, that is a really uh, important consideration because the way I think about it is we have two choices. If you, if you want to accept pleasure is my North Star as a core belief, then the practice is not to be grinding, not to be miserable in this moment. So on this topic of investing now for yourself in the future, we have the two choices, there's either the choice to stop doing it, get someone else to do it, move it out, and maybe you just don't do it, or you choose a different path, or you could change the story that you tell yourself about it and uh-huh. enjoy it right now while you do it, which is what it sounds like you're doing. The process. You're you're doing things for the future, but you're also right now thinking. Oh my gosh, this is so wonderful. I'm doing this. I'm going to be more time with my grandchildren. I'm going to be traveling. You're feeling good in the moment while you're doing it, even though it sounds like you're working hard. Is that your experience? Yes, that's what I'm, that's what I
0: endeavor to do every day is to remind myself of the why so that the process isn't as hard as what it can be at times when. You overcommit yourself, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: which is your own fault. You have no one to blame but yourself when that happens. (laughs) Or you're tired. You just, you know, I, I grab onto those ideas and those, I suppose, those pleasurable ideas of what life will look like. And I don't ever doubt, though, that this is not going to happen I don't ever doubt that it's not going to be successful. I truly believe it will be successful. It's just I kind of look at life as us having seasons. We have a season where we plant the seeds. We have a season we then we reap the benefits of of the fruits of our labour. We gather. So I believe at the moment I'm in that planting season of my life. and. I think that helps, but the the hard thing is then in a situation where we get on that treadmill, and this has happened to me in the past, I was doing a PhD, I was doing that on a full-time load and I was also working full-time and I was under high stress, I was highly anxious for basically five years. And then I didn't know how to switch that off. Hmm. What do we do in a situation like that where we get on that treadmill and we don't know how to turn it off, and we feel like we're stuck in that situation where whether it's a job or whatever it is?
1: Mm-hmm. That's really natural. You know, one of the things I like to remind myself is the way you feel along the journey is the way you feel when you reach the destination. And one of the greatest lies that we can tell ourselves that most of us are telling ourselves is I'm going to sacrifice now to feel some certain way in the future. I'm going to have more freedom. I'm going to feel free. I'm going to feel happy. I'll be joyful. And it's such a lie because the way you feel along the journey is the way you feel when you reach the destination, which is why as a corporate lawyer, I used to work with a lot of people who sold their companies. So I was doing MA deals, People have finally built up this company. They sacrificed their whole life to now sell for $100 million. And consistently, people have a midlife crisis. They go into a depression. They have some kind of breakdown because guess what? They're the same person who didn't have the $100 million the day before. Now they have all this money. Nothing has changed. Their life is still exactly what it was. And most importantly for what you're saying, they still feel the same way. And if they weren't feeling good, now they don't have a busy life to be covering it up. So I think there's two things in here. One is how are you feeling right now? And really be honest with yourself. Mm. You know, if you are not happy in your life and you're thinking that something's going to happen in the future and you are going to be, Probably it would be really powerful for you to start to look at the truth of your life now and see what needs to shift inside of you or in your choices to have a different experience. And then, then I think to answer your question directly, what if I come to this point at the end and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't stop or I can't relax or feel pleasure which is really natural. The body gets into a certain way of being, your neural pathways get set and fixed. Mm -hmm. Yours probably were in the go and the working hard, the stress. Yes. Sometimes people need an extreme something to go and now go to spend two months traveling around India and going to do yoga every day. Or I don't know, how did you end up coming out of that, Marissa, after the five years?
0: Well, I... In in that moment when I submitted my PhD, I thought I was going to have aha, uh-huh. I would hear bells and whistles and I would be feeling joyous and relief and I didn't feel any of that. I could feel the cortisol running through my body, the adrenaline was running through my body and I thought I was going mad. And I went to a months later, I went to a, let's call it a three-day workshop and it was called Millionaire's Mindset and I thought I was going there to learn about how to make money in property and I thought that we would be educated on all these deals and wheeling and dealing and money-making but it was all about mindset. And that's when I was introduced to this whole idea of things like meditation, journaling, and I started to listen to podcasts, amazing thought leaders out there, coaches, and that's how I started doing the work on myself. And I started by developing a morning routine that helped me set the pattern for the rest of the day. So trying to calm everything down, be intentional, be present, have great energy, positive mindset, and step into the day that way.
1: You really changed, started changing who you were being at the core.
0: Yes, Yes. And it it has totally changed me. And then I did some coaching. I've had some wonderful coaching as well. Mentors who have helped me. And, And it's all been around mindset shift. It's all around that. And I've had to learn. The greatest thing for me was I never felt that enough was enough. And now I'm getting to a stage where I go, that's enough of that. I actually don't, that, I don't want that in my life anymore. I don't need that in my life anymore. And I've always been in a place of giving, the nurturer, the carer, the person everyone runs to for everything. And now I'm going, I have boundaries And I'm ready to receive. I'm ready to be the person who receives. I'm stepping into my feminine where I felt that I've really been living life from the masculine, which is something we're going to talk about as well. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. So from that moment, over a number of years, there's been a lot of aha moments and every day having an openness of mind for what the world is going to deliver and being aware of the signs, whether it's a physical one within yourself, an extrinsic one, when the world gives you a kick up the butt about something, but it's there to teach you something and not looking at it as a challenge, but looking at it as an opportunity to learn something from it. So it's been a lot of aha moments that have brought me to the place where I'm at now. And also this podcast. And I feel like I'm in a place of privilege because I get to speak to people like you and I learn from people like you and every one of my guests, I'm learning something. So I feel like I'm so lucky in that aspect.
1: Thank you. I feel the same. Truly. It's such a gift to be able to have a conversation like this and share it with others and um, to look at, you know, what does it really take to shift, especially from the kind of place where you're talking about, which I think a lot of people are at. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have been going along the treadmill on the track they thought they were supposed to go on. And then one day something happens where it's like, wait, is this all there is for my life? No, this can't be.
0: Yes. I'd like to ask you about manifestation because a lot of people may think that's a big woo-woo thing, but there's actually a lot of science around manifestation. And people say, oh, you know, what are you, a kid? You've got a vision board. you got pretty pictures up there with some dates on there. What's all that about? You think by sticking some pictures on a vision board, you're going to get what you want out of life.
1: (laughs) So how do we properly manifest? I want to answer that in, in two different ways. Sure. First, I would like to share something of the science because there is some really exciting research happening that can be related. And I think for logical kind of people to really understand how manifestation can work. So there's a scientist at Stanford university named Dr. William Tiller And he did a study with this substance that's called electrical plasma. So electrical plasma is the fourth known substance that we've always thought of as gases, liquids, and solids. There's actually electrical plasma is what makes up like 99% of the universe because it fills in all the space in between all the molecules in the liquids, gases, and solids. Okay, so... He did these studies with electrical plasma, Stanford University scientist, and confirmed that this energy can be directed by the human mind. So that is like saying we humans, using our consciousness, can actually direct. This substance that makes up ninety nine percent of the physical world of the universe. Wow! There have been studies um, with plants. This is an older studies, and this is a lot more well known, I think. But um, where when people focus their loving attention on plants, they grow faster. Yes, I've heard this. So we can find studies and research and science and everything to be proving this idea of we are. Infinitely more powerful than we know. And we're really just beginning to understand quite like a fraction of how powerful we are as humans. So if you are willing to open your mind on this topic of manifestation and think, I think there's something to it. And I think we all actually have had experiences with the power of our minds that's not in like the day to day kind of what's normal. You think of someone they call that kind of thing. Oh, yes. Right. Yes. If you're willing to suspend disbelief, the invitation is: why not give it a try? Because it only works if you're willing to go all in. If you want to doubt and you know, be like, uh, I guess I'll try that, but it, it probably won't work. That kind of energy manifestation and and the way we understand it is not going to happen because it actually requires you to go all in with your belief that you can influence reality. Now, another very important thing I just want to bring up is I think manifestation has gotten a bad rap because a lot of people have framed it in terms of getting things. And I'm not saying that you can't use manifestation to get things. It's just that that's actually a lower vibration use of our power. So let me start by saying this manifestation isn't like I want a billion dollars. So I'm going to think about having a billion dollars and it's going to appear in front of me. For me, manifestation has to begin with your own inner guidance, your alignment. For me, Sloan, it's not an alignment to be a billionaire. I don't have that calling in my heart. So if I'm sitting around like dreaming about being a billionaire, it's a, that's a dead end. Yes. I've got to find what is my soul looking for? And then This is what I work on manifesting. So the way I think about it is the energy of a queen. So I want you to imagine a queen. She doesn't say, I want to build a moat around our town and then go back to into her room and like, oh my gosh, is that going to happen? What am I going to do until the moat's here? I don't know. She's not living like that. The queen says, everybody, I want a moat to be built. And she has faith. She trusts that's going to happen now. She's going to be conscious going forward. Maybe she needs to talk to some people about the structure or how much money we can spend or you know, decisions come up and actions need to be taken. And she's yeah. confident inside it's happening. Yes. So she's taking the steps while knowing it's this or something better. Maybe someone in the kingdom comes and they're like, your highness, uh, I know you wanted a moat, but we actually think it's better to set up those kind of spikes that if people were to run in and they, they could get stopped there, whatever, some other structure. She might be like, oh, okay, you know, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, let's actually do that. And in this case, this or something better. She had an idea, something better was presented to her. Life presented her another opportunity and she went there. Knowing life delivers to me what's on my heart or something better. And when we live from that place in our lives, that's where manifestation becomes really beautiful. With we always have to have the context of feeling good inside. Because manifesting is really based on how you feel, not on what you think. That's where
0: people go wrong. They don't attach the emotion. That's one of the things. And the other thing is that people don't understand that with manifestation, you have to have be thinking about the process and the steps. Because some people think they, they put together their vision board and they look at it every day, and then they sit at home on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> and I know exactly. people, I know people that do that. I have people in my life that do that. <laughs> they go, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm manifesting. But you need to put food on the table. You have to work or do something in the meantime. I'm just waiting for my dream job. Life doesn't happen like that. I feel right. like every day I used to say to my daughter when she was wanting a particular job, I used to say to her, just do something every day. Just be doing something towards it every day.
1: Even if it's the littlest thing, just do something every day. That's such good advice because in order to do that, you have to be doing something that I think is so important, which is right now in this moment, being the person who already has the result. And that I think is what trips people up a lot of times is, They can't even imagine actually being that person and they're not going to get there because they're not doing the thing every day and taking the action towards it as if it's happening. Yes. And that, of course, required. Yes. So I love that. Daughter, that's easy and actionable and for everybody. Yes, just one
0: little thing. It doesn't have to be moving Mount Everest. It can just be a phone call or an email, yes. or a follow-up, just do something.
1: <laughs> just one thing. Isn't there a quote, Marissa, that I think it's Tony Robbins who says, we humans significantly overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can do in 10. Mm-hmm. And if you think of the power of one thing a day towards your dream, where you'd be in 10 years is almost unimaginable currently. Yes. Be so along way beyond I'm sure where you initially envisioned. Yes, yes, absolutely.
0: And I'm feeling that even on my journey at the moment, putting together this business that I have never, ever done anything like this before. And just setting up automation, setting up email, kind of like sequences. And it's just, it's a lot. But I know once everything's in place, my life's going to be a dream because everything's automated and it's systemized. but it's just doing it. And I'm thinking six months ago I didn't have anything. I've almost got a whole Kajabi system happening here. (laughs) I'm going, wow, I didn't even know what Kajabi was. (laughs) One thing a day. One thing a day, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Now you have these beautiful retreats that you hold. Tell us about those retreats.
1: Well, I've, I've hosted a variety of retreats and they're all focused on some kind of transformation. So the retreat that I hold regularly is called Beyond the Edge. It's a woman's retreat where the women come and the context is come into this experience and have what I call an awakening moment. This is usually one of those moments where someone dies unexpectedly or you lose a job or something extreme or tragic happens. And suddenly your life comes into this focus. You know what's important. You know what's not. You know your next steps. It's like everything falls away, but the truth. And we've designed a retreat for women to have that experience without having drama, tragedy, or loss. It's actually a very loving, beautiful I call it peak performance, um, peak experience. So you come, I don't share what we do during this experience. It's actually different each time, depending on who's there. And you don't share what you do for business or your last name. And you don't have your phone or computer with you the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) So you're in what I call my playground, my world for a really juicy, beautiful experience. How long do they go for? It's Thursday through a Sunday. Okay.
0: And what's the biggest yeah. struggle that you find women go
1: through in their day to day lives? What do they struggle with most? I think we've talked about a lot of them. I mean, really commonly is this feeling of I'm doing all the things, I'm doing all the right things. Everybody on the outside thinks that I have it all together or things are really great, but inside behind the scenes, I know that so much more is possible. I don't actually feel good or I'm I'm burned out. I'm stressed out. I don't seem to think about anything, but just right now trying to keep it all together and make ends meet. I don't know how to shift this, but I know there's more. Mm-hmm. And whatever level of that, that women feel, I think that's a really common experience and actually for men too, because a lot of us have been raised and, and taught that there's a path that we should follow. And a lot like my experience, although, you know, thousands and millions of different stories for everyone's unique life experience, we go on a path only to realize, I don't think this is my path. And I feel like there's something more. Well, that something more is getting into alignment with yourself. Mm. Yeah. Living in congruence. Yes. For you and just yes. you. And And sometimes that's one of the hardest things to step into. And when you do, life flows in the easiest ways. It is so beautiful. And it doesn't mean there aren't challenges because this is life. It just means the challenges really don't have to be that hard Mm. because you're in alignment with yourself. You're on your path for you that is right for you.
0: Yes. And what about for those women who are in relationships, And they start to change their path, their trajectory in life, because they've had this realization that this is not the person that I'm truly meant to be. I'm not in the job I'm meant to be in. I'm not happy in this area of life. What is that like in the context of a relationship and for the
1: partner of that woman? It's really courageous. You know, it is to to be choosing to change in the context of a relationship. Because of course, if you're part of a relationship and you change, the relationship changes. And there are a lot of women who choose not to change because that seems so scary. And then there are other women like you, Marissa, who choose, you know what? I'm going to go for it and I'm going to have faith that this is right for me. And there's a possibility that my partner is going to choose to grow or to shift and and to walk on this journey with me. And I'll just say that currently in our just like current paradigm, this is very common that it's the women who are leading in the area of growth and personal growth. Not always, but when I go to events, they're usually 50 to 90% women who are there just right now. I really believe the men are coming along Mm -hmm. in big groups and this is shifting, but it it really is courageous to make changes in your life while you're in relationship. Yes. I think the, the problem
0: with us as women is that we feel that to step into our own, we have to feel empowered, but the way we empower ourselves is not necessarily the right way of doing that. We feel that we have to step into a masculine role and become the masculine, more of the masculine than the feminine to feel empowered. And a lot of people don't understand what that means from an energy perspective. Cause I learned the other day about we have the, the feminine, the masculine, and then the inner child. And we need to find balance between all of those three and the feminine means tuning into what you need using your intuition, tapping into your creativity and into your nurturing self. So that doesn't sound very empowering from what we believe power and that's another word that's misused to be what's your thoughts on that?
1: yeah we've we've just been taught in such an inside out way. And I want to be really clear about what I'm about to say. Yes. I don't feel angry about it. I don't feel like it's someone doing this to us. I think there are millions of circumstances that have brought us to this moment in time where women, not only are we really not taught about who we actually are, in a lot of ways, we're taught that the ways we naturally have are weak, are a liability, are crazy, or out of control. And so most of us really aren't in touch with the superpowers that we have. So some of those that you just listed, the the one I want to just touch on is our intuition. Our bodies physiologically during certain times of our monthly cycle, so our whole physical body, not just our reproductive system, runs on a about 28-day cycle, depending on the woman, And there's a certain segment of that cycle where our physiology is set up for us to have that this highest level of access to our intuition. Now, men don't have the same setup. Men have intuition, but not in the same experience that we have. Mm. When we start to learn this about our body, our physical body is set up this way, and we start to realize I have access to my intuition at certain times of every month in a way that the other times I don't have access to, in a way that the male gendered bodied people don't have. Wait a minute, there's something in there that if I learn to listen to access and to harness this power, I actually have so much more power. And in fact, in all my work with hundreds of entrepreneurs around the world, I've come to realize my view is that the greatest business strategy that exists is following your own inner guidance. And so 100%. when we learn to hear it, a hundred percent, yes. Mm-hmm. When we learn to hear it and follow it, there's a superpower. So this is a long way of answering your question, but I'm, I'm very fired up about it. Loving it. <laughs> I'm sitting back enjoying for every, every word. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, this is just the, the long way of saying that the way we are as women is actually quite spectacular and powerful. And it's a very different kind of power than men or than the power we're even used to wielding, but it doesn't make it any less strong. It's just different. Mm. What happens to a woman who's in a
0: male dominant field? Like I was a professional singer, and I worked with men mostly, like very rarely worked with women, and I was working with male musicians who were, I I was treated quite poorly. I was a victim of misogyny and sexual abuse, and I was living that part of my life in survival mode. Do you feel that when we're in that situation it is almost impossible to tap into that superpower. How do we reconnect with our superpower when we're just in survival mode? I mean, what I explained was probably a little extreme, but there's a lot of women day to day in their careers or in their domestic lives who are mainly living in that survival mode. How do they tap into their superpower? What's one simple thing that you can tell them that
1: they can do that will help them step into that. I'd like to envision what you're sharing as um, women walking around with a big shield, a big armor on. And in a way, it's like we armor up to go out into this man's world. And I certainly did that as a corporate lawyer. And you mm. were doing that in this this industry with singing and lots of women are doing it in, the, in corporate and and all over. And like you said, you could be a stay-at-home mom and still be wearing this armor if you feel like you have to take care of things yourself to be safe or to be taken care of. So first, it's recognizing that you have that. And then it's beginning with you to find ways to soften. So if you feel like you need to have the armor at first and, and while you're learning and growing in this Feminine power, that's okay. One strategy that I would recommend is what I call a quantum slowdown. So, this is quantum means tiny, and that's taking little tiny slowdowns for yourself throughout the day. It could be honestly as simple as you're going to the bathroom, and instead of just like thinking about this or checking your phone or whatever, lots of people check their phone in the bathroom. I just
0: thought that out. Okay, get him all that stuff.
1: (laughs) Okay, hands up, listeners. Who does that? (laughs) May or may not be on this call right now. Okay, put the phone down and do. You could do body touching. Close your eyes and just feel how it feels on your hand and also your skin to touch yourself. It's being present with yourself in this moment. And reconnecting with you, getting centered for just as long as it takes to go to the bathroom. You could also do a two-minute meditation on your bed if you work from home. Put everything aside and just breathe for two minutes and set the timer on your phone. It's throughout your day having these little moments with you where you can slow down, where you can soften your body, and ideally where you can appreciate yourself feeling good in those few moments with you allows you even if you go and put the armor back on to start practicing building this muscle of softening and there's so much behind that but with this feminine power is is actually having access to your feelings is actually connecting with your intuition your inner guidance and um being in touch with the cycles of your body and and there's so much more with it but we can
0: and, pause and and the irony in all of that is most people would perceive a lot of that to be tapping into your weaknesses and not your strengths because you're saying to soften to to build that muscle of softening whereas we build muscle muscle to harden it's like that mm. harden up but you're saying no soften up
1: yes I'm saying and and maybe it's for soften what I mean is. Uh, centering or relaxing with yourself. And I, I think of that as a softening, a soft landing. Yes. You know, when when my armor has come off in my own life and I'm free to be playful, joyful, to be feeling good. And, and after a lot of healing and and growth and experiences, realizing that it's okay for me to be soft out in the world. And there are times where, you know, maybe I, get a little more firm and I'm I'm not always just like, oh, everything's so happy and jolly and playful. But I still it's safe to be soft and it's safe to be me. And I don't need to wear the armor anymore. And that really is for us as women, I think a next big evolution that we're ready for because when we allow ourselves to feel, that's where life really starts to get juicy.
0: Mm. Okay. That that um all right, that's the next step then.
1: Feeling. <laughs> Feeling. Feeling, yes. Maybe we could have a whole conversation about that because that is a really important aspect of, of living in pleasure. Okay, do you want to elaborate on that now? Sure, sure. I mean, fundamentally, it's really pretty simple. We women, we have for the most part, and I'm generalizing, but for the most part, we have a wider range of feelings than men. Now, in our <laughs> to, right, uh, yes, yes, in our current world, most of us have been taught, we haven't been taught how to have healthy expressions of our feelings. So we've been taught we're crazy. If you show feelings, it's it's bitchy, you could be out of control. We're we're kind of taught you need to keep it within this more male level, or else it's just wacky and people don't know what to do with you. But the tragedy of that is if you cut yourself off from, let's say, the heights of your anger, you're also cutting yourself off from the heights of your joy. So we as women are meant to be feeling this rich pleasure and joy and in our bodies, this fullness of life that in truth men get a lot of benefit from experiencing cuz they can't necessarily experience that themselves necessarily but they can experiencing it experience it with and through us and so that's for men for us personally our feeling is related to living it's actually being alive if you think about any goal that you have anything that you want in the future it's always related to, I want to feel a certain way underneath. A hundred percent. I want to have that relationship because I want to feel loved and connected. I want to have that money because I want to feel safe. I want to feel free, you know, whatever people's things are. I want to feel a certain way. We have capacity to live that right now. We don't have to wait for the future thing, but we have to allow ourselves to feel pain, to feel anger, to feel sadness in order to feel free and joyful and connected.
0: It's really interesting what you're saying because you're talking about anger as one of the emotions and one of the feelings that you just spoke about. And I grew up in a culture, the Italian culture, where as women we had to suppress feelings. Mm -hmm. We we couldn't show anger. We couldn't be vulnerable. We were silenced. And I've only started to tap into that angry angry side of my personality in the last few years. And my husband gets scared because he's not used to it. (laughs) And I don't swear, but when I do drop the F-bomb, everyone heads for the hills because it's not something, but it's just learning to really let go and just verbalize how I feel. That has been one of my biggest lessons over the past few years is learning and allowing to feel and to express
1: how I'm feeling. And what shifted for you with you allowing yourself to express when you're, you're extremely angry? How's, how's life different or how are you different? I don't hang on to things. Mm. That is the biggest shift. Once
0: upon a time, because I didn't say how I was feeling, I would hold on to that resentment for years. And I'd bring something up that happened ten years ago, and my husband would say, "What?" And now, I say how I feel, and I actually forget about the situation. And then he'll say, "Oh, you know, last week when this happened," I'd say, "I don't remember." Mm. because it's gone, it's done, it's dusted. And Mm. that is so liberating. You don't feel like you're being held back by these shackles because they can. Like you can hold on to those feelings of resentment like a prized possession, but now it's like, no, we don't want that in the house. We don't want that energy. We don't want to feel that anymore deal with it, move on and forget about it and bury it. And that's what I love.
1: I love that. Another really special thing that it sounds like is happening kind of automatically or underneath the surface is when you're able to just express the truth of your feelings and your husband receives it, you know, on whatever level he does, there's actually also the potential for a deepening of intimacy, of connection that isn't there when you're off by yourself, either handling it or you know, holding on to resentment or whatever things that we typically have been taught to do. Mm-hmm. We we block intimacy in our relationships from it. Yes.
0: And and for me, int- intimacy starts at that level. I used to say foreplay starts in the morning. Yes. <laughs> It truly
1: does.
0: It's I done. like that. It's sorry, people, if that was too much information. But it's it true. It's so true. Anyway, tell us you we're going to start winding up. You have
1: two retreats coming up or two events? I have yes, I have multiple events. I have a workshop coming up on September 12th. Mm-hmm. That I'm so excited about. This is bridging science and spirituality for a peak performance path for women. Ooh. And it's called A New Approach to Unlocking Your Deepest Desires and Attracting What You Want. So that's happening on September 12th. It's a 90-minute workshop. Online? Online. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's at 8 a. Pacific in the US time. So I am Pacific. 8 a.m. Pacific, it'll be late in Australia, but we do have a recording. And if you can, it's going to be juicy live. I'm going to do live coaching. So you can apply once you sign up, you can apply for a love seat coaching session with me live on the workshop. And, um, it's going to be really special for sure. That sounds like something I would love to do. Yes. Join us. I would love to have you.
0: Yes. I, and I want the love seat. Yes, let's do it. (laughs) You know, whenever I go to, to a workshop or to a class, I'm always, I always put myself center front. Me
1: too. 100%, why else be there?
0: Yeah, like I totally immerse myself in every aspect of that experience. And then
1: what's the one you have after that, shortly after that one? Shortly after starts on September 18th is a course I created called Falling in Love with Yourself. So it is a soulful, playful, juicy 30 minutes a day for 10 days, Um, different exercises, connection with other women. It's a whole experience on really deepening the one relationship that you'll have your entire life, which is the relationship with you and also making it fun and interesting and just a really... um, a new experience for most people on what it looks like to create a relationship between you and you, the giver and the receiver.
0: I love all of that. And I love when you say oh, it's juicy. I mean, who <laughs> doesn't want a bit of juicy in their lives? Yeah. We can all do with that. So in, in wrapping up, we, we will share the links to these workshops and to you, if people want to reach out to you personally or through your website, check out what's coming up because the work you're doing is so cool. I just, I just love it. I was really excited to interview you. So thank you to your publicist for introducing us because I went, yay, go Sloane. Yes, she's my girl here. (laughs) Thank you. It was such a pleasure, Marissa.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And, okay, in wrapping up, Mm -hmm. what is a piece of advice you would like to give to the women who are listening but also one to the men
1: who are listening? Because we do have men. Yes. Okay, the women. The advice is the way through, the, the way out is through. And what I mean by it, the way out is through. I think it's human nature when we have something in our lives that we don't enjoy or we want to shift or we want it to be different that we try to go out into the world and make it different or change things. And the truest way out of whatever your situation is, is to actually go deeper into what it is. So if that's uncomfortable feelings or feeling angry or oh, this isn't right, but I don't know how to make this change or whatever the thing is that you want to get away from to, instead of trying to do that, to go into it and look more deeply because there's always some lesson. There's something that that experience is trying to show you. That's actually the fast track out into something different. Love that. Okay, good. For men. Here I think is is probably what I would love to share. I love men so much. I have so much appreciation for men and the more I learn about women and the more I learn about men and and how unique we actually are, the more I appreciate on such deep levels who you men actually are, truly. And I would say if you have any experience with a woman in your life where you feel like you just don't understand that it feels like she goes out of control or there's some scenario that you don't enjoy or you don't understand with this woman, that if you want to understand her more, the fastest, easiest way to do that is to go understand yourself on a deeper level. Go understand how it is that you function as a man that's so special and spectacular and how different And that is, and unique it is compared to a woman, because the more, you know, you and who you really are, the more you're going to understand where she's coming from and what's really going on, which there's more than meets the eye for sure. Always. And the
0: reaction, as you said, is more than meets the eye. Yes. Yes,
1: so yeah. I'm in love with men. I'm in love with women. I'm just having a love fest with us humans because we're so special and so unique. And the more I understand about human beings and myself, the more I feel like, wow, you people and and you, Marissa, you listening, you are doing such a great job with what you're doing in your life and the way you're living. Thank you. Yes, and I I just want to acknowledge that and oh, thank um appreciate you. Oh, yeah.
0: that's really kind. Thank you. No, it's been such a pleasure meeting you. And we've had a very juicy time. <laughs> yes. Go the juicy. We all want a juicy life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you so much. And hopefully we can connect in person. That yes. would be so. I'm lovely. holding that
1: attention. A hundred percent.
0: You're in Austin, Texas. Yes. Okay. All right. So I have been to Texas, not to Austin. I've been to Dallas, Texas. And there's mm. someone else that I know in Dallas who is a very special human, a powerhouse woman too. So I think I may need to go and visit Dallas in the next six months.
1: And visit. I'll be there to see you.
0: Yes. Look, Thank you for your time we've gone well and truly over time here but there was so much to cover and I really appreciate you and and well done for your work and well done for those massive leaps of faith that you've taken yeah. in your life and and you you are an inspiration for so many of us and we appreciate you wish you all the very best in the future and look forward to connecting Sloan
1: Thank you Marissa. Thank you, everybody.
0: Take it easy. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A Voice and Beyond. I hope you enjoyed it, as now is an important time for you to invest in your own self care, personal growth, and education. Use every day as an opportunity to learn and to grow so you can show up feeling empowered and ready to live your best life. If you know someone who will also be inspired by this episode, please be sure to copy and paste the link and share it with them. Or share it on social media and use the hashtag A Voice and Beyond. I promise you, I am committed to bringing you more inspiration and conversations just like this one every week. And if you would like to help me, please rate and review this podcast and cheer me on by clicking the subscribe button on Apple Podcast right now. I would also love to know what it is that you most enjoyed about this episode and what was your biggest takeaway. Please take care and I look forward to your company next time on the next episode of A Voice and Beyond.